when you're moving a house, if you're working with experienced house movers, you have to respect their experience, but you've also got to manage what your objectives are and get them the advice that they need to be able to achieve the best outcome for you and your project. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Hello, everyone. So for those of you who don't know me, I'm Bernadette Jansen, and I'm the founder of the School of Renovating. And But today I have a guest in Elizabeth Gordon. Now, Elizabeth is now, has recently joined our Wonder Women program. But prior to joining us, she has done some amazing projects. And today what we're going to be doing is exploring one of Elizabeth's absolute burning passions, and that's house moving. And so Elizabeth is so passionate about it that she's starting her own podcast, of which this will be an episode, and she's also got her own website. So welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you so much, Bernadette. It's really lovely to have you, and I love to see you blossoming into your own, you know, field of expertise, and that's what we want to explore today. Now, you've had a passion for house moving for quite some time. So what we'll talk about, sorry, I should just jump back a bit. What we'll talk about is where that's come from, what you see as the advantages. I've had a bit of experience with house moving, not as much as you, but we'll toss around some of the advantages of it and some of the things to look out for. So we'll do our best to um, provide some value to our, Mm. and then talk about your big plan. How does that sound? Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. So, okay, so where did it come from? Where did this burning desire to be a house mover come from? Well, early in my days of exploring possibilities with development, I was an avid reader of an old magazine called API. And there was an article in there, it must have been in the early 90s, about a South Australian couple that were moving houses onto mining sites. And well, around in new mining towns where there was a shortage of supply. And it just seemed to me such a fantastic idea that you could pick up a house, put it on a truck and move it to somewhere and solve a problem. So it started with that. And then ever since then, I've picked up and read or watched or investigated at every opportunity. So I've become a bit of a a walking, like a mini encyclopedia. Well, that's awesome because we want to we want to know what there is to know about house moving. And if I can be so presumptuous, I can feel a book coming on. <laughs> well, that'd be great if yeah. I could um, cap things off in the future with a book. Yeah. And I'm all about finding content. I'm I'm creating content all the time. I think there's definitely more that I can create to put into a book like that. Yeah. Great. Because the thing is, and I wanted to sort of, well, talk about your journey from there in a minute, but the thing that I really like about it is the fact that it is so environmentally friendly. Like a Mm. lot of times when we go to do a project, if we're able to retain as much as possible of the existing house, that is such a bonus because otherwise, you know, it just goes to landfill, doesn't it? Absolutely. 
And that is something that I see as a tremendous advantage in this day and age where we throw so much away. I have an 11-year-old daughter and we worry about the environment and this is a great way of reducing environmental harm, I guess. It makes so much sense. And often people have lived in and loved a house uh, for years. And it sounds a bit crazy, but I think some of that love gets left and it's really nice if I can be part of picking that up and moving it and using it again. Yeah, I don't think it's crazy at all. I definitely think has, you know, when people live in a home, make it their home, there's a spirit there that is enduring. So I, I think that's quite valid. And so... So you read this magazine and the stories and when did you first implement the strategy? So in I tried a few times. I looked at blocks of land where there was the possibility of moving a house on and I spoke to house movers about the potential of those blocks of land. So I guess maybe... They thought of me as this funny, persistent lady that kept coming with questions and showing them blocks of land and would the access handle be wide enough to put a house down the driveway. And after lots of feedback and missing out on lots of potential properties, I actually bought a property with a joint venture partner in Barara. And that was a huge block. I was driving this project to subdivide the land because it it was the whole project was a convenient way to help my husband and I grow our wealth in the Sydney property market because it was so expensive. So we joint ventured. I found this big block of land at Barara, which was large enough to subdivide into three with a joint venture partner. And there was a house already on the lot. And when the, the subdivision plans were finalised, that house sat right across the boundary and it was slated for demolition. And of course, I had this idea in my head that that house should be moved. But there was a a small thing that held a reservation uh, for me about that property. And that was that it had a concrete floor in the bathroom and the laundry. And I'd never heard of moving a house with a timber. Normally, they're they're on piers and they have a, a wooden floor. And I thought, well, probably can't be moved then because there's this big concrete bit. And so it sat there and sat there and the day of demolition became became closer and closer. And I at a point said to my joint venture partner, hey, I got this idea that this house could be moved. And I know some house movers because <laughs> I secretly talk to them a lot. How would it be if I introduced you to them to see if that house could be moved? And my joint venture partner said, yeah, sure, I'm open to that. And wouldn't you know it, when the guy came out to have a look at it, he said, oh, yeah, that's no problem. And what a great house this is to move because it doesn't have much asbestos in it. And we don't have to cut it up. A block move is is so great because you can just sort of uh, move the house from one lot to another with, with no destruction. And if you like, we could turn it to face north for you. <laughs> <laughs> so there you are. That's how it started. That's amazing. And so do you remember what the cost of that was? Yes, so it was around about the $45,000 mark and that included removing the existing skirt around the house, demolishing that, which was brick, removing, putting the house onto big steel girders, removing the existing piers, building the piers in the new position 
moving the house on, rotating the house 90 degrees and moving it into the new position. And then making the, I guess, the gutters work and uh, everything else, making sure the fall of the house was correct. And then they, you know, the house movers job was done and then there was a renovation left to do. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's not bad. It's, so basically you've got a house for 45000 Instead of paying, probably would have cost you 30 odd to demolish it. Absolutely right. So the, you, you get um, a house for that price. And all you have to do is connect it into your um, sewer and onto your electricity. And in in that case, some stairs were built on the front and a deck on the back. And that's pretty easy. You're just managing a few trades. But there's a lot of preparation to, to get it all organised and, and make sure it happens. So what sort of things did you need to do in preparation? Well, I guess it's things like getting your your approvals from council. Yeah. You can't just move a house without getting permissions. Yeah. So you need to do a DA and in that case the council in the area we were at said that it couldn't be done under complying development. So we actually had them involved. They were the certifiers on the project. Okay. And there were some aspects of that that were quite hard. Yeah. Working with council was less flexible than working with a private certifier yeah. in some respects. And yeah. But you eventually got it done. Oh, absolutely. And I think even though we had to work with council as the certifier, they were always polite and friendly and I actually think they really wanted us to get the project across the line. It, it's just that it took a bit more time. Yeah. And so you then renovated it. So Mm. did you make any structural changes other than the other than the deck and the front section? Yeah, we made structural changes. So it was a four bedroom house, but the bedrooms were small. So what we did was transform it into a three bedroom house with an ensuite. So we gave and, and that made it a two bathroom house. And so we took some space off one of the bedrooms to create a bathroom and we, yeah, we compacted the number of bedrooms down to three, got two bathrooms out of it and then did a kitchen renovation and knocked out a wall between the, it was quite old fashioned, so a separate lounge and dining area. So we knocked that wall out and created flow. Okay. So can we do some numbers on it? Can you remember what you spent on the reno? I wasn't in full control of the reno budget because actually yeah. my joint venture partner, that was his part of the project. I know about the moving costs, but I yeah. don't know about all the details of the renovation. And did you sell it at the end? No. So in the course of that project, we sold, we created three blocks of land. We sold the front lot and okay. that helped us to finance the building of the house on the back lot, which we kept. My joint venture partner kept the house on the middle lot. So I don't know if this is making sense. You can which is the one you moved. Was the money yes. one? Yeah. Awesome. So. Well, mm. that that's amazing. So I'm thinking that you're at least you're had to be a long way ahead because basically the move cost you the same amount roughly as demolition. Absolutely. anything that you made was a bonus. Yes. And, uh, I mean, out of that project, we each, and there's another aspect to the project that perhaps 
I can talk about and that was maybe you're getting to this but we I love moving houses so much that I had also found a house that makes manufactured houses that builds houses in a factory and so I had identified the back block which we were keeping would be a great block for that strategy and so we moved a house onto the back block but it came it was a new house out of the factory and as a result of that project my joint venture partner and I created $320,000 of equity each so and that was the project took two and a half years took it was our first one my first one I was driving it I was learning along the way but that outcome far exceeded our expectations going in and it was so much that fun is mess- <laughs> yeah that's amazing and I know you've sent me some photos Elizabeth and editor will slot them into the recording so that everyone can see what an amazing transformation it was I'm really curious to know how different was the process when you brought in a manufactured house? Was that a lot, lot easier? Than moving an older house? Mm-hmm. Well, it was really similar. So when, when we moved the old house, it took a week. I was there when the guys arrived and I was I popped in during the week and I was there then on the weekend and it was moved. I used to pop in it in the evenings as well. But getting a manufactured house, it, it's it's the same the house arrived, though, in the space of an hour and was installed before lunch. But it was so funny, this three pieces of house arrived on three trucks at Barawa at, at 7 o'clock in the morning and actually I was on the way but the neighbours were ringing me up going, do you know there's a house on the road? Is that going up your place? I was like, yes. <laughs> and during the course of the morning, the three pieces of house were installed on piers so what they did in the course of that morning was they they had poured the footings into the earth about a week or two before that had cured and then in the morning the house installers came and built brick piers and then onto which the the pieces of the new house the three pieces were installed so a huge crane drove up the driveway the truck with the house on it was reversed up behind the crane, but that was connected to the house and they lifted these three pieces of house onto piers and they lifted it over the house we had already moved. So this house was going up eight eight metres into the air being lifted over the existing house. I've got photos which make it look like if that crane had let go, the existing house would have been just smashed to pieces. <laughs> But, of course, they didn't let it go. Uh, well, just you're, phenomenal. You're a definitely a trailblazer. And to look at you, I mean this in a really polite way, but you don't look that adventurous, Elizabeth, so I'm really impressed. <laughs> my, thanks. My husband's always trying to rein my adventurousness in. You know, oh. I'm, I'll come up with these crazy ideas and he's like, Liz, surely you can't do that. You're not serious. I'm like, well, <laughs> let's have a look, shall we? Well, all I can say is join the club. That's we should, great. We should have a club for our husbands so that they can lament what they have to put up with. That would be a good idea. The Might terrifying work. the terrifying experiences that happen to them because their wives have ideas. Yeah, but yeah. that's so amazing. So I just want to reflect on that a bit. So you're saying each of you made 320000 Yes. That's 640000 Yes. Yes. 
and that was the first project. So, of course, it it kind of really got me thinking about what was possible in the future. Absolutely. And, yes. Yeah. And yes. so, hence, I can see, and it's not, it isn't just about the financial benefit, but it's just, it is a nice sort of uh, meshing of objectives when you're, sort of passion and the thing that you have heart for does turn out to be so financially productive. So that's an amazing, amazing outcome. I, the, so I've had experience only from a supervisory, if you would, if you could call it that role. So a, a student has actually done a house move and there's a lot in Queensland, you know, and this was in Queensland and they made the decision to raise the house as well. And I think that one only cost 45 or 50 for everything, for the moving and the raising. But I, I found it quite interesting. There's so many things you need to think about, like things like the power meter box had to be sort of moved because when the house was raised, it had to be moved down so it was accessible. And then oh, you... Yes. You know, in some ways you have a great usable area underneath. So you have to think about the piers, like the placement of the piers and putting extra beams in to make sure you've got a clear span. Because if yeah. you're going to sort of go to the expense of taking it up, you want it to really add value. The other thing is when it was raised, it was actually quite, it was a bit like a deck of cards. It was quite unstable and needed yeah. to be braced. Just you know, so many things that you wouldn't necessarily consider unless you'd actually been through the process. That's exactly right. And the points you make about usable space under the house are very important. And you need uh, structural engineer's advice if you want to place the piers in different positions. So when you're moving an existing house, the house movers prefer to put the piers back in the same pattern, in the same places as they've been before because the house has become accustomed to that and it's easy. They can count it, they can see it. So when you're moving a house, if you're working with experienced house movers, you have to respect their experience, but you've also got to manage what your objectives are and get them the advice that they need to be able to achieve the best outcome for you and your project. So that engineer's advice is very important. Absolutely. And I also remember that there were quite, there's quite a lot of bits and pieces in sort of finishing off things like if you, you, you know, if you're raising it, then you end up with quite a big staircase to get into it. So this was a Queenslander. And as I know, yes. you're very familiar with Queenslanders, but just thinking about how that goes because you can't really have a big long stretch of stairs at the front because that doesn't look great. So working mm. out, you know, the configuration of the stairs so that they're aesthetically and, you know, and budget-wise quite appropriate. So, yeah, it's a very interesting process. Yeah, it's fascinating. And the thing about those Queensland houses and the stairs are more expensive than you'd think often because they end up building butterfly stairs at the front, which are absolutely beautiful. They look like kind of an undone zip and go um, left and right at the front. And whilst they, they look fantastic, they're expensive. There's double the staring yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so when it comes to, 
Now, there, I know that there are a lot of operators in Queensland and I know there's one or two in Victoria, but how do you, what sort of due diligence do you do on a house mover? Yeah, so in it's interesting you ask that because I had found only one house mover uh, was particularly responsive. So there are some located around Ballina in New South Wales those that fellow there he will not move a house beyond his local area he's quite happy there he said love I've got enough work I don't need to travel so I was left to work with two other house movers and refer them to my partner the way we decided which one to go with was all around which one seemed most professional and responsive so it was the first time that he and I had actually moved a house and one of the house movers was quite responsive, came out to the property twice, said, was helpful around the permits that would be required. He said he didn't provide the permits but that he would refer us to professionals, submit all the reports that we needed to get approval. And he was he and his wife, her husband and wife team, were always available. The other fellow was very slow to respond. He actually didn't turn up at the first appointment. One time I was at the house mowing the lawns and he turned up out of the blue and nearly gave me a heart attack because it was like a demolition site at that point. I thought, who is this fellow? Nevertheless, and so we decided not to go with him. But he gave us some really interesting tips or me on that day because I was able to show him the house. And he gave me some tips about managing house movers. So he said things like, oh, you got to talk to him, love, about where they're going to cut the house because he said, I've seen some people cut a beautiful house right down the middle of the hallway. He said, you get them to take the skirting boards off and you get them to cut along that line there so that everything, when it goes back together, it won't be obvious or you minimise the, the visual impact of it. And I thought to myself, you know, that's a really good tip. Yeah. And I'd never have thought anyone would be that silly, but some people are as if you don't manage them. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. We will talk about next what your vision is in terms of supporting other people who want to move mm. houses and then we'll talk about your big Kahuna project at the end. How does that sound? That sounds great. So you've already set up a website. So what's your intention with that? So there's a couple of things. I really like to work and operate in a community. And Bernadette, I think that's why I'm sure it's why I've found you and feel so comfortable with your group, because it's always nice when you're doing something that you don't do every day to have people around you who are supportive. So I'd like to create a community of people who either have moved houses or want to move houses. And so we can create an environment of sharing and learning. I'd like to help people avoid pitfalls that I've fallen into or that others have fallen into. And I'd like to see, you know, through the learnings created in this community, I'd like to avoid mistakes myself and prosper. And I'd like other people to as well. So yeah, really, I'm wanting to in that podcast and on my website, bring talk, uh, you know, explore with people their own journeys of moving houses bring in uh, specialists, consultants who work in the area and really 
help people to learn what it takes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And um, assuming you'll have resources like, yeah, like moving companies and the like. Yeah. And-, and, and moving companies, yes. And I also would like to explore different ways of getting finance to move houses because the banks, they won't. Yeah, the banks won't finance it. And that has huge impacts on people's ability to move houses. It, it actually stops us from recycling houses. It's easier to knock one down than to move it because of the finance difficulties. So there are ways of overcoming that, I guess. Well, there are because we found them and I've had some experience in finding solutions to financial um, constraints on projects. And so there's, there's some of the things that I'd like to explore in the future with others. Beautiful. And so so anyone that's listening to this podcast, if they or watching the video, if they were wanting to contribute to your journey, how would you, what would you like from them? Yes, yeah, so uh, they can reach out. I have a website and I guess, Bernadette, uh, you'll possibly put the details Absolutely. in the show notes. So if they were to reach out, there's a contact us page on that website. It would be great if they could offer to tell their story or provide some and or provide some before and after photos of their house move. It would be great if house movers wanted to contribute their experience and some tips and advice and you know consultants who've worked on this so you need a team of people around you if you want to move a house you you often need bushfire advice you need planning advice around flooding sometimes and look moving houses provides solutions to many problems including sometimes flood problems because you can raise a house you can put a moved house where sometimes it's difficult to build a typical slab on ground house, but you need professionals around you. So if, you know, I think I really welcome professionals in this area who have experience in moving houses to perhaps uh, make a contribution in the form of tips or advice or offer to be interviewed. Beautiful. Okay. And of course, if we will, we'll sh- do you want to share the URL now, Elizabeth, just so that, and we will also put it in the show notes, but you could just, yeah, sure. what the website is. So it's www.relocatorhouse.com.au. That's a very good um, URL. You were lucky to get that. <laughs> so uh, there, and there, there is a story of, and some pictures of our house move on that Great. website. Yeah. And I will, it's my intention in the coming weeks to contribute the story of our moving the manufactured house as well, because I think that's another option that people should consider when thinking about building a house. Yeah. Well, it's, it's definitely now on my bucket list. I'm quite excited about the idea. Um, I, Bernadette, it was, um, I, had, I told my husband that it actually gazumped our marriage day as the it was the second best day of my life when that house got moved. It was only it's second only to the birth of our daughter. Poor husband. It was so exciting when the manufactured house came and like the crane lifted it over the existing house. Isn't that a bad thing to say? I'm sure he, he knows. He's, yeah. 
So, he was there as well. He was excited. Yeah. And, I, yeah, I just think I love the fact that you are willing to go where others have not been and you do it in such a graceful way and that's what I think is really special about how you operate and that you're wanting to share your experience to make everyone else's life easier. Let's talk about your big dream. Mm. So what's the next house moving? Well, may, may not be the next one, but mm. it's going to come. So I, I love Queenslander houses. There's lovely old girls with the, you know, three-metre ceilings and beautiful verandas and timber floors and just so lovely I my dream is to move a beautiful old girl from Queensland to somewhere in New South Wales to become just a gorgeous Airbnb or, or a holiday house for and a holiday house for my family and I on occasions but I just would I want to make a house like that beautiful again in a lovely environment and share it with others so well watch this space yeah. yeah I shouldn't cross my fingers because I actually feel that so strongly about it that it's destined to happen the challenging thing for me is having the patience to allow it to unfold absolutely yeah and I absolutely love Queenslanders too but I look at them and think, oh, all that maintenance, that painting. Mm. And I'm sure that they're, you know, I guess that's you just have to deal with that. Um, but, yeah. I know. That's what my husband says. He says, oh, they require so much maintenance. You just finish painting it and you've got to start again. They're like the Harbour Bridge. But we painted the timber house that we built uh, recently at Newcastle, we didn't paint it, but a painter painted it. And he said, look, this paint is good for 15 to 20 years. And okay. so, and the new James Hardy products, they market that they are built to take paint so that they'll last a lifetime. So I don't know what that actually means, but I, their marketing is compelling when you're installing yeah. it, yeah. that you shouldn't need to repaint for a long time. So I guess the moral to the story is that you, are very uh, cautious about what materials you use so that you don't make a rod for your own back. That's and right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think we have explored the topic adequately for the moment. So thanks so much for being a guest. And, yes, yeah, so for everyone that is listening or watching, please firstly go over and check out Elizabeth's website, relocatingahouse.com. Relocatingahouse.com.au. And the podcast, have you got a name for that yet? I haven't, Bernadette. Uh, and I now am inspired to start. I have been having podcast hesitancy, a bit like vaccine hesitancy, but I'm now going to go out and overcome that. You've inspired me to take that step. Well, I can really understand the hesitancy because I don't know about you, but I was always concerned about whether I could be consistent and mm. I didn't want to start something because I am a, what's the word, erratic, that's it. Mm. And I didn't want to start something that I wasn't going to continue with. But I think we're, up, we're getting close to 150 episodes, so I think that risk has, has diminished. And um, so I can just 
say to you, just put one foot in front of the other. Like you get all this advice about do 10 episodes before you start and all this sort of thing and, yeah, just do it. And and I think it's it's around your passion for the topic that is clearly evident. And so I wish you the very best and you know that I'll be doing my best to help you to promote that and give it wings. Thank you. And Bernadette, I want to thank you for supporting me and supporting your other students in the way that you do, which is just to give us that wind under our wings and just encourage us. You took the initiative to invite me today to talk about this. And I, it, it may seem to you like a small thing, but it's really very, very encouraging for me. And I'm sure for all your other students, you do the same thing over and over again. You probably don't know it. So thank you. Well- Thank you, Elizabeth. You've given me goosebumps. I'll have to get off before I start crying. Yeah. (laughs) All right. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.